Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Filling in for Tom Skilling on Chicago's Afternoon News is our friend Rick DeMaio, who is aviation meteorology professor at Lewis University and a meteorologist and one of our friends. How are you, Rick? I'm doing well, uh, Lisa. 42 degrees is more like it, don't you think, for this time of the year, rather than the 30s we had the last three days? I still can't get warm. I don't know what it is. I just can't get warm. I'm chilled to the bone. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that I think a lot of people um, agree with you on that. I think last Monday I went for a 10-mile bike ride you know, through the Desplaines River area. And the next couple of days when it got cold, it just felt colder to me than it had almost last month. And then we had that burst of snow that we talked about last Friday. And then I'm out Saturday afternoon, I'm like, this just plain stinks. You know, low 30s <laughs> when it should be in the low 50s. It's gray, it's snowing. And, you know, we've seen this so many times before where that first Saturday in the month of March, you'll get that rogue 70 and you go, okay, is this the beginning of spring? And then we actually finished up the last Saturday of the month of March, literally 40 degrees cooler than it was the first weekend. And we've been going in that opposite direction now for the last two or three weeks. And the arrow is not pointing up yet. Not for not for a while, Lisa. Mm. Our weather conversation every Tuesday is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. And we've got rain coming tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and quite a bit of it. Uh, but the good thing is that this is the type of storm system that's going to really stretch out the time frame of rain. I know every time we get into uh, this time of the year, I spend a lot of time um, out in Desplaines at Oakton Community College where they've flooded a number of times over the last few years. Those were always the type of events where you were really, really wet two, three days prior to the main event, and then you just basically had a three- or four-inch deluge uh, in about a six-hour period of time. This event's not going to be like that. It'll start raining late tonight. It'll stretch out into tomorrow morning. There'll be a line of thunderstorms generally from about, say, Springfield all the way down to Houston, Texas. By this time tomorrow morning, that'll eventually move off to the east. And oftentimes that kind of blocks the flow of moisture northward. But if we get into any heavy rain, I don't really think it's going to last long. So if you are worried about maybe the possibility of a flooded basement, um, I think the chances are pretty low at this event. We do need the rain. Areas of northwest Illinois, southern areas of Wisconsin, still in severe drought. You go south of I-80, but they don't need it down there. And the farmers eventually will get what they need across northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin. But other than that, this is going to be about an inch and a half to two inches of rain over about a 24-hour period of time. And the other good thing is that the ground no longer is frozen or, you know, basically packed in with some snow. Sometimes late March you can get that we don't have that with this type of setup. So a good soaking rain beginning late tonight and basically going all the way through Wednesday night, even into Thursday morning. Rick DeMaio is with us. We're talking weather. And um, I was looking at a, a map the other day, and it was a map of the av- average annual number of tornadoes. But it was only mm-hmm. between like 1990 and 2010. And like Texas has over 150 tornadoes on the average a year. We have over 50 <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Is it about 50 tornadoes a year? Yeah, yeah, it's about 50. And the reason why Texas has, I think, so many uh, is because it's a large state. If you would take that number and then put it into like a box of squares, like a grid over the middle of the country, 
you would probably see most of them over probably like southern areas of Oklahoma and the northern parts of Texas. And then you can do what they did up at Northern Illinois University a few years ago. Walker Ashley, a professor I know very well, he was on my master's committee a few years back. He did one of these papers where they actually looked at the number of tornado fatalities in the United States. So where Tornado Alley technically is over Kansas, parts of Oklahoma and the northern areas of, I should say, uh, southern Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, that's where you get the most tornadoes. But where you get the most fatalities has actually shifted into areas, again, Lisa, where we expect the majority of the severe weather to be during the day tomorrow. So those areas from, like, say, western Tennessee, northern Alabama, northern Mississippi, that's the area where we now have more fatalities. And unfortunately, that's where it looks like the next round of tornadoes could be by this time tomorrow afternoon. So uh, tornado fatalities, I mean, let's face it, Rick, Technology has changed so much. Most of us have the ability to get an alert on our phone. Many communities have the sirens, things that we didn't have back in the day. So is this just lack of resources for that area? I I think it's a couple of things. I think the fact that we've seen a general shift in the weather patterns produce more violent weather late in the year, early in the year, meaning that it's coming probably more so at night. You know, you look at the terrible tornadoes in Kentucky that happened at, you know, six in the evening, a week before Christmas. And then we've seen some tornado events in the past in early February. And typically those late season and early season outbreaks are generally going to occur when it's dark out. People can't see them. If you look at the tornado event that went through Iowa three weeks ago, that was an F4 that was four miles south of Des Moines. Granted, eight people lost their lives, which was eight too many. But you take that tornado and you move it four miles north, and you're still talking about that two weeks later. Then you look at the EF3 that went through Elgin, Texas, just last Monday. That thing missed the city of Austin by about three miles. Not a big deal. Then you look at the EF3 that was on the ground for literally 10 minutes, a mile and a half southeast from where they're going to be playing the final four this week. Again, one fatality. So we've actually had three major tornado outbreaks so far this year. But I think the defining factor is, Lisa, they were very well forecasted. People knew about them. They occurred basically during the daytime hours. Even though the one in New Orleans was at night, you can see it from far away. That last check that meteorologists have no control over is whether or not the people that are about to get hit can actually see them and do something about them. You go into Tornado Fatality Alley, there's a lot of hills, there's a lot of pine trees. Your horizontal visibility is not good. The chance to get below ground within shelter or something is also pretty low as well. So you can have the best forecast in the world, but if you don't have the chance to get to safety, unfortunately, the tornado is going to win usually. Rick DeMaio is with us. We are talking weather. You got a question or a comment, 312-981-7200. Time to get an update on traffic with Mary Vandeveld. Chicago's afternoon news. It is 720 WGN. Rick DeMaio. Aviation meteorology professor at Lewis University is joining us. Did you see Taylor Swift is going to do a commencement speech at NYU and receive a Doctor of Fine Arts? What do you think came Uh, first? A Doctor of Fine Arts. Wow, she's more qualified than me now. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so do you think they asked her to do the commencement speech and then they said, well, if you do it, we'll give you this doctorate? Or or did they give her the doctorate and said, now you have to do the speech? 
I don't know. For you know, for <laughs> for someone who went through four years of grad school and cracked down, cranked out a couple of master's papers, unless you show me something that you can put your name on it and eventually you could look it up and it's peer reviewed and use it for something in the future. Um, well, she sold a lot of albums, right? Okay, she can yeah. get it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I I think a lot of people but, in your position are like, really? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I've moved on from feeling bad about that, Lisa. I'm okay with it. If she can do something like that and be an inspiration to others and encourage other people to do different things above and beyond what they're able to do, I'm all for giving her a PhD. Hey, Rick, let's talk about allergies, yeah. because with spring sure. comes allergies, and everybody yep. in this area, well, I can't say yeah. everybody, but a large amount mm-hmm. of people suffer. Right. And, and Can you mm-hmm. begin to predict what this season's going to be like for allergy sufferers? Yeah, you know, there, there's a great website. I know um, when you have Tom on, he always talks about the uh, information he gets from uh, Loyola University Medical Center out there um, in the western suburbs. But there's a great site, and it's easy for the listeners to look it up. It's just simply pollen.com. So P-O-L-L-E-N.com. And what you do is you can type in your zip code and it'll actually give you a forecast for where you are based on a couple of things. First off, weather, um, and also based on when things begin to bloom out. So it's really neat when you look at, say, the pollen forecast for tomorrow, it's down to 1.2, mainly due to the fact that it's going to rain and it's going to wash everything out of the air. Then you look at Thursday, it's up to 3.6, which is low to medium, meaning that whatever was washed out of the air is no longer going to be washed out of the air. And then you look at Friday and Saturday, and it shows it's somewhere between 6.5 and and 7, and that's pretty much where it should be for for this time of the year. One of the things we have seen is that because we seem to have – less severe cold, sometimes you generally tend to have a little bit of an earlier begin, a beginning of the season for people who suffer from allergies. I don't know whether or not that's completely true all the time for everybody, because sometimes you can have allergies, obviously, if you're outside or if you're inside. And clearly, with a lot more people spending more time inside, it could be just the air that's not being circulated properly through the vents of a building or where you work. But generally speaking, if you look at pollen.com, it's a great site, not only for uh, the particular area that you live in, but if you know of maybe someone, an elderly person who lives in an area that is going to be, say, under, you know, say, Dallas, Texas, it says Dallas is today's worst cities, or Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, one of the worst cities, due to the fact that not only do you have a lot of pollen down there, but you also have a lot of blowing dust. So if you get into areas where you have a lot of agriculture, killing of the soil and you have these wind advisories but all that stuff is blowing around that will add to it as well so from that standpoint from a weather standpoint and also just the way things grow pollen.com i think lisa is a great site i use it all the time that is really nice that's a good idea if you live here and your parents live elsewhere and you can help look out for Mm -hmm. them in that situation speaking of older members of the family oh my gosh we fell in love with your cousin um if any of you are with (laughs) us yeah. Natalie. Yeah. We spoke with Natalie. She lives in New York. She is a relative mm-hmm. of Rick DeMaio. She is 98 years old. She joined us because yep. she um, knows a lot about Ukraine and Russia and mm-hmm. had some yeah. very passionate yeah. feelings about what was going on. And we just found her to be such a joy. What a what a gift to this world she is. Yeah. And you know what? What's really most amazing is that um, I had the ability for my grandmother who came from Ukraine. So my mother is Ukrainian and my grandmother who was born there when she would talk about it, 
And she talked about the fact that it took her four weeks to get from where she was to Rotterdam to take a boat over to, you know, Ellis Island in 1912. When I listen to her story, I go, Grandma, I have nothing on you. (laughs) So when 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 your grandmother would ask you to do something, and we would go over to her house all the time around Easter and help roll out the dough and help make pit ahead, which is a Ukrainian dish. If she told you to do something, you did it. And I still remember to this day, Lisa, it, it, it's like in, it bedded in my mind the first day where I saw her give my mother these instructions that my mother would always give to me. And then when I saw it go the other way, I went, wow, Grandma's got only not only me wrapped around her finger, but also has my mother. And then I quickly remember that is my mother's mother. That's how it should be. But it definitely <laughs> gave me a much, much greater respect for what she's gone through what she went through, and obviously what's still going on over there right now, which is absolutely terrible. Absolutely. Um, 224 just texted and said, when is it going to get warmer? Uh, uh, You know what? We are stuck in a rut, and part of it is due to the fact that when you end up, and I'm sure Tom has talked about this, when La Nina patterns begin to break down, um, it literally is the beginning of these large storm systems that come in from the central plains, And every time they move into the eastern part of the United States, they tend to weaken and allow the air from the Great Lakes and Hudson's Bay to move southward. When that happens, we typically get into a cloudy, cool period. But even if the wind is off the lake when it's sunny out, it's cool. I was just checking the lake water temperature of Lake Michigan, and it's right now averaging about 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit, cooler than what it was last year. Lake Superior is about three degrees cooler. So if our air keeps coming in off of Lake Superior and Lake Michigan, which it looks like it will be doing for the next 10 to 14 days, I don't see us getting back into any sort of days uh, or two or three days in a row where it's above 70 until maybe sometime after about the 16th or 17th of April. It was really interesting, Lisa. We just went through three days of temperatures in the 30s. The last time we did that, uh, this late in the year was back in 2018, and I checked on April 2018. It was the fourth coldest April on record. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to get really cold because the following May or the preceding month after that or the next month after that was the fourth warmest May on record. So oftentimes you can get into a very cool late March, early April. It doesn't mean that May is going to be cold. It doesn't mean that the summer is going to be cold. It just means that the next two weeks are generally going to be cooler than average, which could mean less allergies. You've got to think about it that way in a positive sense, right? <laughs> I love that you throw in a positive at the end of our interview. Where can people follow you, Rick, or where can they find you? Uh, well, you can sign up for class to take aviation meteorology at Lewis or a climate <laughs> change class at Loyola University. Other than that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, Lisa, and as long as you have me on, people know how to listen to me, and hopefully they're getting a lot and making their day better from it. Well, you've made our day better. Thank you for joining us for Chicago's Afternoon News. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Have a good day. It's Rick DeMaio. He'll join us again next week.